The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. G'day, Paul. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Uh, yep. Uh, I don't. What are we talking about today? We have the same guest that we had. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, for anyone Bolin? listening in, we yeah. are jumping forward about a week in time. So, when you hear this, we will have recorded this about a week ago. Mm. Uh, we have on a very, very special guest today. We had her on before. And you guys had a ton of questions for her that we never, ever got to. So we're going to focus on her for the show today. Her, uh, her name is Goldie Jacoby. Mm-hmm. She was born on May 14th, 1937. She lived with her parents and brother in Poland. And, and she's basically the Holocaust survivor that we had on the on the last show. Which, and, oof, yeah. Yeah. That was heavy. Okay. So, and she's coming in and we'll be here in about 10 minutes. So, uh, what's happening in Hollywood? I know I saw that Harvey Weinstein got a freaking 23 year prison sentence. He did. I doubt he'll live 10 of them. Um, yeah, but but right now I hope that there's like a really, like a 600 pound, uh, social misfit, uh, you know, with serious, you know, issues that is a big Annabella Shiora fan that really wants to just make his life miserable, you know, you know, He's probably going to be in solitary forever or in the med. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm the, the Walker thing that he's walking around with kind of, that's like, he said he got in an accident. I mean, we found out every time this guy went to a restaurant and he got in a car accident and nobody told us, about, nobody said squat about it. Really? Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm calling BS. Uh huh. It's, it's really, What's a nice word for it? I'm trying not to swear because we have such a serious show today. Mm. Um, so you guys know we're going to count up all of the bad language used last week and we're going to count that towards the show this week yeah, because we always what, want to. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. We always want to give money to the charities we support, which is the Humane Society of America, Free MMA and the Boys and Girls Club of America. Mm. Um, but, but we're definitely going to behave ourselves during the show. Mm. He, he really... Uh, yeah, uh, got what he deserved. Finally, it's, it's, it kind of sucks that these guys are in the, you know, like Cosby are in the twilight of their uh, career, so to speak. Yeah, but that's why they got gotten. That's why we're not sticking up for them the way we used to. If they were still making us a fortune, I don't think we'd be willing to let them go. We'd be trying to cover it up. Yeah, I, I found my, my cassette box of all my old comedy cassettes and i think i got every bill cosby record in there he was funny he was one of the people that you know there was a reason that he was given a mark twain award for humor humor Mm -hmm. i think it was like the four like the four he was really early in getting one and you know and to give credit to the mark twain award people uh i still have a 
the, a problem with them giving one to Tina Fey before Carol Burnett. But uh, yeah, right. That was really the, stupid. Yeah, uh, but they uh, rescinded his award. So yeah, good. Yep. Now, if people will start, you know, doing the right thing by, you know, the girls that were assaulted by like Roman Polanski and stop working with him, we'll be doing great. Oh yeah, I know. I've, I've had this thing where I've ne- I refuse to ever put a dollar towards Mr. Polanski. Agreed. I, I read. I don't go to. I don't rent this. I didn't rent any of his movies. I did rent one of his movies. I do own a used VHS copy of one of his movies. Didn't know he did it. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Sigourney Weaver one, she's fantastic in it. The death of the maiden. Uh, Sigourney Sigourney Weaver is always fantastic, but I don't think we should be honoring him, looking at him or paying him. Right. So, uh, feel free to steal his stuff off the internet. Yes. I know. I, I'm, I'm a big believer in, hey, you know, don't don't steal films. People work hard for them and pay for your but porn. Polanski, Polanski? Steal Polanski stuff. Take them. Take them. And all of Bill Cosby stuff, too. Go ahead. Agreed. Yeah. Sorry, I have to adjust the thing here. Okay. So, we've got a lot going on. Um, I don't know where things will be in two weeks, but we found out yesterday that Tom Hanks has coronavirus. That's and Rita Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they both got it. Uh, everybody shouldn't panic. Uh, now, granted, I've been uh, sequestering myself in my room and really only have much contact with my cat. But uh, that's not because I'm I'm like you know afraid of the coronavirus. It's just I'm kind of a dick. So there you go. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm actually a little afraid of the coronavirus. Uh, after they cancelled the um, NBA, that's the moment you're mm. like, "Oh, good God!" Yeah, apparently there was an NBA player. I think he played for the uh, the Utah Jazz. I don't remember his name because I don't know basketball very well. But he was coughing in the locker room and joking about how he had the coronavirus. Touched everybody on the head. Went into the. Uh, uh, the, the the interview room or the, where all the media is and was touching the media on their heads and their cameras and their microphones and things like that going, ah, I got the coronavirus. And guess what? He had it. Oh, God. They don't play these guys to think. You know? They just take a ball, put it in a basket. That's it. Is that even a real basket? It just falls right through. So, you know. I got to say, uh, Trump's speech yesterday, I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, when we actually do the live show tomorrow. So for mm-hmm. you guys a week ago, his, his speech a week ago, um, yeah. he didn't, did not allay any fears. Like, I, I get that he was put in office because people love that, you know, he's he's a bull buster and he's a go-getter. Right, I, right, I don't right, like right. him. I don't like him at all. But that's why he was put in was because, you know, he was he was tough. He was but these are the moments, doctor. I know, these are the moments that we need, like, calm and steady so he should have, like, drafted Obama to come back in because he was good at those calm, steady speeches. No, I mean, he, he was as bland as paper. He should, well, that he said some of the wrong things. Like, we're not A lot of the wrong things. We're, we're not completely shutting down uh, Europe. If you're an American and you're in Europe, you can come home. If you're a soldier somewhere, you can come home. That's fine. And actual, you know, tr- goods trades are still happening. 
but they're like any like unnecessary travel is shut down. But that wasn't it wasn't made clear. And yeah, whoever wrote that damn speech should be fired immediately because he was reading off a prompter and he's just off a prompter. It, it's I see, I'm going to still disagree there. I still think he sounds like a blowhard. But I know. well, yeah, he's Trump. He's going to sound like a blowhard. I know the, the liberal in me cringes, and I this is one of the things I wanted him to handle right. I'm like, all right, you've been in the entertainment industry for years. You got right. this, buddy. Calm everyone yep. down. Oh my he's, God, you're an idiot. But look, the H1N1 virus, uh, when it killed, I think close to a thousand people on American soil. That's when Obama. Uh, said it was a national emergency. Mm-hmm. We only really had one guy before Trump called it a national emergency. So maybe it's an overreaction. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not a me. matter of an overreaction. It's. it's, it's, it's this is okay. Really, this is a good thing. To, it's a good thing to overreact to. We're you know we're fine. It's, right. It's the whole pandemic thing. I'm. I'm just. I mean, that's horrifying. But it's kind of the I, I want someone that sounds calm and steady. Like if he should have, if he could have, I know. Yeah. But he, well, give him Adderall, or better yet, um, let's 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 bring in the voice of God. Um, what, Mike I, oh, no, Morgan Freeman. Just bring oh. in Morgan Freeman to tell everyone everything is okay, and that will help. I like tell everyone here that you're going to be fine. Just wash your hands and stay out of uh, places where there are more than 100 people. And that's exactly it. It's that moment of like, if you can't yeah. do it, cool, recast it. Call me. I'd, I, I'd like to see. If you want to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, there you go. It, it's that moment. I'm like, you know, let, let's just recast the president of the United States just <laughs> just for this speech as We're Morgan Freeman. Seeing the guy who, you know, the, the, the guy on the other side of the aisle, the one who can't figure out who his wife is from his sister. Yeah. Oh. I, I don't see, I don't care about any of that right now. I'm just like, all right, let's worry about what's going on. My, my biggest concern, though, is during times of political upheaval, um, they, on, they don't like to change presidents, and we do need to change the president. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to do it in 24, 2024. Oh, God, <laughs> I hope not. Uh, uh, they're doing what they can to make keep Bernie out of it. And my girl Tulsi's still uh, running, but they changed the rules to keep her out of the next debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, it, it, they're trying to give us a show. So I, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. It's going to be very important. We haven't had a VP. I mean, in, in the modern age, really, we haven't had a VP come on in. I think the last one was like Truman or the, the, it was ages ago. There you go. That's our giveaway for the week. Tell me who the last vice president was that was actually voted in as president. And I just remembered the name. Blast it all. Tell us who that yeah, was. Put it online. We, we will give you a uh, free ride at Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a, flu, a, 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 a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. And I want to say a special thank you to Scott Haskin for the fantastic music at the beginning of the show. You always sound, make it sound epic. And thank you to the people that make me look good. Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for making me look gorgeous on the red carpet. The New Palm Springs Diet. Spray it under your tongue and get skinny. And today's tresses. When I don't have time to get my hair done, I actually will throw on a wig for red carpets and stuff. And she's got great wigs. So go check it out, guys. Um, tell me who the last VP was that got signed in. And hopefully in a week, I'm going to say, I hope, it, yeah. I hope it isn't raining, 
but um, I kind of I'm kind of enjoying the rain. I'm enjoying the downpour. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with our very very special guest today, Miss um, Goldie Jacoby. We are going to be speaking with her about the Holocaust, about what happened, and, and this her is something life and her life. Yeah, th- this is something we don't want to forget especially because this whole movement of uh, it didn't happen is going around and we've got flat earthers and anti-vaxxers and morons. We have morons. Yeah. So let's make a point. We're have morons. So, so let's make a point of remembering this stuff happened. There aren't a lot of Holocaust survivors left. And so we are so very grateful that she is on the show. I, th- I think there are only a handful. Um, I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and our very, very special guest will be on with us after this. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and we are on with our very, very special guest, Miss um, Goldie Jacoby. Miss Jacoby, uh, Goldie, Miss Goldie, welcome to the show. It's your Goldie, um, but it's okay. Jacoby. Jacoby. Okay, I've been pronouncing this wrong for the last two shows, so I'm sorry very much. I'm very, very sorry. Um, Miss Goldie, welcome to the show. We've got, we had a whole bunch of questions about you last time, but I thought it would be great for you to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and kind of go through your story. Sure do. Okay. 
So yes, let me start by telling you I was born in Poland in 1937, and as all people do, we had a reunion. We lived in a larger town in Poland, actually where this, this, the previous pope was born in Katowice, and uh, uh, on, on every year we, the family got together to visit the old grandparents, which was my, uh, at this time we went to my paternal grandparents. And we got back with the nightmare in this little town of Prishtek. And to start telling you how it all began, my memories, my memory started when I was playing outside. We were staying at my aunt's house, and I was playing outside with my two cousins who were also visiting. They were the same age as my brother and I. We were playing ball outside, and and the church, it was on a Sunday, and the church door opened, a small church across the street, and the children came running out, calling us dirty Jews, dirty Jews, and throwing stones at us, and calling that as a little girl of almost six, not even six years old. I couldn't, I, I knew I wasn't dirty, and I, I, I didn't know what a Jew was, but they kept calling dirty Jew, dirty Jew. And, and, uh, that time my little cousin got hit with a stone in the, in the head and my aunt came running out saying, come on in, come on in, it's Sunday, you can't play outside, you're, you're Jewish. And I always thought it was something really terrible, bad, but I couldn't really know, you know, I'm just a little child. So it didn't take long when, whether it was next day or, or two days later, I saw everybody in this Little, it was a little town, really, half Jewish and half Christian. And, and I saw all the people so crying and, 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 and sad, and, and I got really scared because I was outside and I didn't see my mother. Uh, and, and I was crying for my mother, and somebody pointed down this street that she was down there, and I, I ran down the street, and there was a door, and I opened it, and there was, my mother crying and this young woman crying and crying and, and sobbing. And, and I got really scared. And I saw them take a suitcase and bed it out with a, with a sheet and put the, the woman that was with my mother was, I found out later, was a first, uh, a, a first time baby. She just had her baby. And she put that baby in this suitcase. And the baby was screaming, and she, they closed the suitcase, and they were crying, and the baby was crying, and no more cries. The baby stopped crying. They killed the baby. And oh God. I, I, I was so devastated, I thought they were going to put me in the suitcase, you understand? Because I didn't know I, was, I wasn't that small. And, I, mm. and nobody said anything. I just watched it, you know, and I started crying and screaming because I was afraid they're going to put me in the suitcase. That was my first introduction to the hell that was to come. And, and they didn't explain anything, went home. Of course, if, even if they did, would I understand? We, we went back home, and the next morning, or maybe two days later, there was a knocking, banging on the door. Open up, open up. Now, I was sleeping with my brother and my mother in one bed, and my father was in the next. And my father took off into to the back and ran ran off. 
and, and they are knocking and banging on the door, open up till they finally, they finally broke the door open. There were two Gestapo or, or German soldiers with some Polish police. They broke in the door. And they ran over to my mother and asked, where are the men? Where are the men? Where are the men? Where's your husband? And my, my mother, I don't know how she took all that. She kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. Meantime, I'm screaming. My brother's screaming. And they're screaming at us to shut up or they will kill my mother. And they told my mother they're going to, they're going to kill all of us if I, she doesn't tell them where my, where my father or the, or the men went. She kept stalling, hoping my father would escape to the back door by that time. And she kept stalling, and I put that bayonet against her, her throat, screaming, we'll cut your throat if you don't tell us where the, where the men are, where your husband is. My mother kept saying, I don't know. Finally, she pointed to the back door, and she thought that they are safe. Well, they ran to the back door. There was... My aunt who lived in that house, I don't know where she went to sleep, but, but the 13-year-old daughter was sleeping in the back, you know, where the, where the back door was. And they attacked her brutally. I mean, just brutally screamed. She was screaming so hard. Right, I found out what they did. They kept telling us all the time that they were, they were, they were, she was beaten. She was hit. They didn't tell them exactly what happened. Uh, rape was not in the vocabulary or anything like that. You know, later on we found out. Oof. She was never the same. She was never the same. Uh, they ran at the back way. Of course, they didn't catch my father. He escaped with my uncle somewhere, you know, and they didn't come back. They were picking up the men. They, they, did, they had such a, a system of, of, of supplies. So really nobody knew what was happening, but they heard rumors. So so they were picking up the men for labor, uh, you know, and that was the, ne- the next thing that I remembered so as though it was yesterday. And then suddenly the, a proclamation came out in the, in, the, in the street. All the Jews have to gather up to this grassy knoll. It's like a, they used to sell uh, vegetables on it, like, a, like, a, like one of those markets that we have here, you know. Uh, yeah. But they, they were selling animals and, and, and vegetables and all kinds of stuff. And all they might all gather because the entire town is surrounded. It's now a ghetto. And no one can escape. So just go. Like sheep. Like literally sheep. Everybody went that grassy knoll, and and we came up there. There were standing oh so many uh, uh, Germans and 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 the Polish police helping them. You know, standing up and waiting. The first thing they did, and that is the nightmare I will cannot get out of my head. I can't sleep night to this day. Is when they took there were maybe. Four, four babies born at that time, Jewish babies, and they tore the babies out of the mother's arms and threw them against the brick wall that was there. They threw <sighs> them so hard, they shattered. They actually, blood was all over the place, and the mothers were screaming. I can hear those screams. I'll never forget them. 
they were screaming and screaming and the, the, the blood was running and, and I had to witness that. So my mother, excuse me, I can't stop the tears when I talk about that. Yeah, uh, no, I'm just so sorry. My, but people have to hear that because it can repeat. They really, it can really repeat. Uh, they, my mother helped my mom and my brother, you know, not to draw attention. Mm. And and the next the next thing they did is they took all the old people down where they were, you know, it was like a hilly knoll. And they took the people down and my grandfather and my grandmother, I watched them with a bite with a rifle butt, hit them in the head and they just died right on the spot. But to this day, and I forgot to ask my mother because I have never, I did not see any funeral or funerals. I, I don't know what happened to them, to them after. I don't know if they had a funeral even. And that's what I witnessed right at the very beginning, just the start of everything that I remember absolutely, completely never forget it. And that was the beginning. They ordered all the rest. They took not only my grandmother and grandfather, they were all the old people. That's what they did to it. They just hit them on the head. They didn't even waste a bullet on them. And they told all of us to go home, to go home and not not even try to escape because we wouldn't be able to. They'll kill us. Oh, somebody is calling you. Anyway, uh, can you hear me? Uh, we can hear yeah. you. Oh, yeah. I need a tissue. Okay. Uh, okay. So then, then uh, my uh, again, I won't forget it. My father and my uncle ca- uh, came over to my mother and my my aunt with us uh, with us other two children, you know, with my cousins, and they said that look, we have a chance to go with these these young men who are going to fight the Germans, but of course they won't take any women and children. But I have a way to escape uh, with, you know, my uncle. And, and, and so my mother said, look, if you can save your life, you go ahead. We will just die here. So that's exactly all I heard is die, die, die. I didn't really know the concept of that. I didn't know that that meant that what happened to the baby or to the... I didn't know, you know, what does a, a, a five, six-year-old know? Uh, but right. I knew it was so horrible that fear, just fear, just nothing but fear. And then, um, so my mother said to my father and my aunt said to, to my uncle, you go ahead if you can save your life. But before they left, they said, well, maybe they can save our lives. So they dug a, a like a bunker, you know, like a, actually like a, a, a coffin, like a coffin, a, a, they took the, the floorboard out of the out of the floor at my aunt's house, and you know, on uh, those days they had these heavy uh, uh, chests. You know, those um, uh, they had china in them. You know, and, yeah. and everything like a china china chest, and and so they moved it away and they took away some logs and they dug it up and and made like a, a, a hole for us. Uh, six, the, the two mothers and the four children to drop in when the Germans come to to kill the entire town because that's what they had to do. 
all the women and children were no were at that time of no use to them. That they, some of the men they already took, and you know, and so on. So they got this, but but in order for us to survive, we would an uncle would have to hide in the attic. You understand? One of the uncles. There were many uncles there. They would hide in the attic so that that it's if the Germans would leave the town, that she would be able to move the chest, and 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 so we can get out. We can, and, and take the rocks away, you know, and so we can mm-hmm. uh, we can get out. But if 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 he's caught up in the attic, we are dead. We are suffocating because we can't survive in that place. So so they did, they did, and sh- and, and they didn't have any, they didn't make enough place only for the six of us, you know, for maybe one or two nights, but. A lot of people somehow found out, and they piled on top of us, and there was no air. They they put the things, uh, the logs back, and they shoved the china closet right back on. And and my uncle went up in the attic. My father and and my and my other uncle they they left. They ran away. Uh, okay, how, now how, are you, we are how did you get food in there? I just we were sitting there. Actually, I'll tell you, hearing the screams above, the screams and the shooting, bang, 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 screams, shooting. They were dead. They were just killing off every Jew that was left, every single one. We're sitting there thinking we're going to suffocate because I, I, as a child, I always had trouble, my mother said, with, you know, with the... Sore throats and ear infections and all that. I was the first one I that that passed out, and my mother was saying, "Okay, my child is dead." That's the last thing I heard, and then I didn't hear anymore. And the next thing I know, you know, my mother was lifting me up to the to the rock, you know, up upwards, thinking maybe I'll get some air in and maybe I'll survive. Which at that moment, after all that carnage, at that moment my uncle came down and and he survived and he opened up the moved it away and somehow I got enough air to survive. That's why I'm here to talk to you. And that was right. a miracle. And and, were, and he said how what? How long were you in there? Oh my gosh. Maybe eight hours. God. We went but there until until they cleared out of town, they killed everybody and nothing nothing was left. And then he dared to come down. I don't know if it was eight hours or twelve hours was it was or overnight. Right. You know, because it's very, very, very early at dawn it was just like like still dark outside, you know. I don't know the time of course. And 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 he said, Run, run, just run. And how he got this way, we don't, we can't understand how, uh, when a human being can get such strength as to move that chest, when it took three men to move it, how he had, how he was able to move the chest is beyond me, beyond all of us. We don't understand it, how he got the energy, you know, call because it divine he got, in, so, Call it divine intervention. Yeah. 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 I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, it was a miracle to me. So he right. he moved the chest, and we got out, and I started breathing. 
and now now the nightmare began. You didn't think you, you thought that was a nightmare that just began. We just began. There are two women with four children who have no clue how to survive. I mean, they have, we have nothing with us, nothing. My mother grabbed a blanket. That's it. And we started running. Where do they run? They're running to these farms and knocking on the door. We have no food. We are hungry. Children are, are humming with, uh, 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 afraid to cry aloud, you know, so we were just starving. And, and we, we keep going to farmers at night and knocking on the door. Please, could you give us some food? My, of course, my mother and my aunt spoke fluent Polish, you know, and, and they said, get away from my door. We don't help Jews. Get away from the door. I would say, yes, there's fear. There was fear of, for them, but not mm-hmm. at the times that we were there. We, we were there times where you woke them up and begged them for food so they could have taken a bread and throw it at us, but they didn't. They said, we don't help Jews. Get away from my door. That All went right. over and over and over again. This wonderful, supposedly, you know, Christians, this is what they did. They did not help us. They did not want to see us and, and, and just to get away from them. And then we kept going from door to door everywhere in this village and that village. And we were, then we were forced to forge in the, in their gardens and see maybe there's something still growing because winter was coming, you know. So any little root that we could find, we would eat anything that, that was anything at all. We were starving, hungry, thirsty, hungry, and running, going around like that for maybe a month or so, maybe two months in the forest and getting out of the forest and going begging and nobody would give us anything. And as we were forging in one of the gardens, guess what? A German mm. police shows up and says, Halt or I'll shoot. Mm. My mother, in her wisdom, grabs me and my brother by the hand and starts running and starts screaming, shoot us in the back. I don't want to see my children die. Here we go again. Die, die, die. I don't want to see my children die. Just shoot me in the back. Shoot us in the back. My aunt, however, stayed with the two children. She didn't run. And she didn't shoot. So she kept screaming, Helen, Helen, come down. That was the same name. Helen. And uh, come on down. He's not shooting. So all we went, we went back and all four children. Now, I guess we followed the older ones because my brother and my cousin was, uh, uh, were, they were four years older than us. So they were about 10. And so we, we thought, uh, okay, you know, we'll follow whatever they do. And they bent down and start kissing the boots of the, of the soldier. Don't kill us. Don't kill us. Please don't kill us. And so he, he didn't do anything. He asked my mother and my aunt to give it the wedding band and they took them off and they gave it to him. Then he said, give me, and then I will, it's funny how I remember that when he said, give me your blanket. And my mother said, no, no. If you take the blanket, shoot us now because we're not going to survive. The children will not right. survive without the, without the blanket. Well, he let us have the blanket and he said, run, run. The forest was like not too far away. You know, you could see it very close by. Run, it's run. It's a mix. That's that's it a is. mixture of both. You know, just he wanted to take the blanket, but he was going to let you go. I, 
that's, it's bizarre. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I realized it was a miracle. crazy time, but still, that was that. That's kind of yeah. It was mm. a, it, it was a miracle, you know. To, it was just a miracle that right. he let us go because my mother grabbed us by the hand and she, she said to my aunt, "I heard the word. He's going to kill us. He's going to mow us down." Just too soon. He's just going to, but he took the wedding band here, so maybe he was mm-hmm. happy with that. I don't know. It was, he did not kill us. He let us right. go. And, yeah, and we he ran was into taking the, it to say that we, I found these, they're dead, or he was just, you know, get that was a payoff. You know, I don't know. One of the two, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just uh, I know that we ran into the forest. And my and my uh, uh, my my mother, as, as she told it later, said she wishes she would have killed us. Now we are sitting in the forest in the wet and snow. It's already beginning to snow. Remember, yeah. it was we we had no mm-hmm. more shoes left because of the in the forest. You know, they got all ruined. Whatever we had on. So and the light. I cannot even describe to you the lights were eating. We haven't bathed for such a long time. We the lights were eating us up. My my feet had blisters on it, pus with pus on it, you know. And we whatever extra clothes, any little extra thing, whether it was panties or whatever we had, we wrapped it around our feet to protect the uh, the feet, but. The blisters were so painful and so severe. It's you just you you. I mean, I don't think that anybody can possibly imagine. And and that and the blisters in our head because of scratching. I mean, we we had long black hair, and and we we the lights were eating us up. And again, nobody would give us food. So we were starving, hungry. A month or two, we were just going around like that and uh, and eating grass or whatever whatever was available and then then uh, my mother said okay we uh, this is enough enough is enough i guess we just had to drown our children because yeah. they heard i found out later they heard about concentration camps and they did not want us to go to concentration camps because we wouldn't be alive so they decided that instead of being tortured, they are going to to put us in in uh, uh, in the well and and drown us. We heard that. Now we overheard that. As as they whispered, we overheard what they said, and right. we started begging my the two mothers, my mother and my aunt, not to kill us, not to drown us, not to kill us. We'll be good, you know. But it wasn't right. about being good. It was about starving, you know. And uh, then my mother decided, okay, we're going to make the last stand. And she went to one of the farmhouse houses and told the lady to give us some food or we'll stay here and never leave, you know. And mm. she she said, no, no, I can't give you a no, no, get away, get away, get away. Meantime, she wanted to get rid of us. So she said, uh, and maybe she knew the people, that where my father was, that he was in the next village, and as oh. this uh, man, and this next, and this man called me a jela, which was a, a very fine uh, Christian, I must say, you know. Uh, 
a wonderful, good human being who was helping Jews. So then maybe they knew about it because uh, my uncle and my uh, my father were supposed to be there. So what did my my, my two aunts, uh, my, my mother and my aunt do? You know, they... They took the other three children, the other, uh, uh, yeah, three children, left me behind because I couldn't walk anymore. The, my blisters were so bad, infected, that I couldn't walk anymore. So they left me behind to come back for me. They told me they'll be back. Mm. But, okay. but it was deep night, you know, and they all left to go find my father because it sounded like it was my father and my uncle. So imagine that this. That lady threw me, before she threw me into the barn, she wouldn't take me in the house. She wouldn't take a Jewish child in the house, especially one with full of life. So she poured a bucket of turpin, turp, or whatever they call it in Europe, you oh, know. Paint thinner. Turpentine? Uh, some kind of gas, yeah, gasoline, some kind of a turpentine, yeah. something or another. Uh, uh, petrol uh, on my, on my, uh, on my head. And it dripped, imagine. So it started, can you imagine the pain when you have open, open blisters all over your, your head and your feet? It, it dripped down to my feet and I was whimpering and she slapped me a few times and then I, and threw me in a barn and I thought that was it because I was just devastated. I did right. not know, now I know I was, this must be dying, dead, dead, dead. Didn't know if my parents or anyone will ever come for me. And I was sitting there just dying, dead. I don't know how long it took them, a day, two days, maybe, till they all came back. And when they came back, they came back with my father and with my uncle. I was, it's like life began for me at that moment because I thought, okay, 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 you know. I'm not dead. My uncle is there and my my father and, and where are we going? Well, where do we go? To the forest. We go to the forest because the man that was holding, uh, Nigella, who was holding my, uh, helping my uncle and my uh, father, said that there was a, a bunch of Jews hiding in a forest. Mm. And in the forest, uh, you know, we can we can be there and hide there with them, all of us. And and he was known to bring some food sometimes to the forest when he had. The man was very poor. He had a he had a, a wife and a and a mother and a twelve year old son and a wonderful uh, wonderful Christian I would say you know. And he was yeah. even though he was he was picked up one in a, in many in in many not you know not he was picked up and beaten just in. Just a suspicion that he helping Jews. Mm. You know, so many times, but yet it that didn't stop him. He still helped as much as he could. And so, and so my father heard that's how he heard about the forest. So we wound up in the forest. Now in the forest we made it a little comfortable because, you know, when Jews get together there's always a little community. So there, I don't know how many people are there. I, I, I don't know they were there, but everybody was hiding, and it was like a, a, already a community with a lookout because they were the Germans were known to invade the forest. Mm. So there was a lookout there at all times, 
uh, you know, and and we're sitting by a fire, made a little fire, and and shivering and 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 kidding, and and sure enough, I don't know how long, a day or two, the the man comes running white like a ghost. The Germans are coming. The Germans are coming. Run, run, run. Well, everyone ran in different directions. My father grabbed me, but in his not wisdom at the time, he had a heavy jacket on. He didn't wrap it around me. Next was another man with his little girl, and he wrapped it. She was totally protected, but I was whimpering, and I was cold, 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 and my father running, running, and he, because I was whimpering, he threw me in the snow, uh. and he started running, and he kept running. He kept running, so I started screaming. You know, I mean, I, I was literally bare, bare touched. I had no, nothing on, you know, very little on. And, 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 and so he ran, I was screaming and he ran back. He ran back and I always, I always think that he ran back for fear of my mother will kill him or the Germans will kill him because I was <laughs> crying so loud, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's wow. terrible. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's possible, but it's true, you know. I don't. It's, uh, yeah. it's unbelievable. I don't think a mother would have that kind of capacity to do, but, you know. No. Uh, you know, uh, you know maybe you're. 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 Maybe
good later that he was a Seventh Day Adventist. I I can't believe in, that in Poland that such a thing because I think they're all Catholics, <laughs> you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, he was just, just the right a, person. Yeah, yeah. It was just a nice a nice human being. I don't care what his you know because I'm not go. into that mm-hmm. at all. Uh, so he he and we're gonna go back there now. Late at night. We go, 10 people and knock on this man's door. Can you imagine? He opens the door, and he says, Oh, my God. And we start begging him, Please, let us, let us, save us, save us. We have nowhere to go. We're going to die. Please save us. No, I can't. I have no food to give you. You know, I mean, he's absolutely right. There was no way that, that she could possibly save us. But he did. We promised him everything in Poland that we own, we're going to give him. But that was not his, that was not the reason he said that. He just couldn't stand the, the pleading and the crying uh, uh, out of our mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what it was. It was nothing for, for any gift or anything. He he put us in the barn. Now, here's, mm-hmm. this is where the story really begins. We're sitting in a barn. Uh, he put us with the pigs. He took the pigs out. I don't know if you can visualize it because everybody says when I tell the story, they can see being there when you're there. You know, you can see it. Yeah. It, it, it was like, a, okay, a two pig, for two pigs not to move around too much, a, a, a piece like that. It, ten people where two pigs were. Now, uh, and they took the pigs on the other side of the barn. And they had one cow. And uh, and and that and two pigs and that's it. As, as long as we were there, they never killed the pig. So I don't know why the pigs were there. You know, but they were there. Yeah. And 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 uh, some chickens. That's all they had, and probably a garden that we don't know about. You know. Uh. We sat in the barn. Now and and in that space there was. Uh, let me say how big it was. Nobody could stand up or lie down. We could only sit. We could only sit. So we slept at night, one head, shoulder on the other. That's the only way we could sleep. Uh, Now, now let me tell you, we were there for almost three years sleeping like that. Never be able to put your head on top of the other. Always hungry for almost three years hungry. No mm. food he gave us, but he could. Right. A bread a week. And divided among us, we all had one little bite. A, a ten people. Uh, he gave us every so often a, a little pack of beans. Now the beans were counted, so each one had an equal amount. And this loving family were fighting with each other of who got more beans. Uh-huh. Now it is... It, the most demoralizing thing you, you you have ever seen. We could not relieve ourselves only in the place where the cow, the cow, when the, you know, in a barn there is like a right. doggy door where you get all that schmutz out of the out of the barn. Oh. Uh, at one point when it, so we had to mix ours together with the cows and the pigs, so the neighbors don't know that there were Jews next door. Because <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was, no, uh, that was the biggest really worry. We had to whisper all the time 
Just whispering. We sat like that. Now remember, we are four children totally uh, from the age almost almost six uh, to ten, sitting, mm. vegetating, doing absolutely nothing. No pencil, no pen, no nothing. Just sitting and sitting and sitting and doing nothing for almost mm. three years. And I am no, so sorry. We are running. We are running out of time. Yeah, we're at the end of the show. Um, and we have about eight million questions. I'd love to get you on again, uh, guys. Check out um her book. I can, I know, I can continue at some other time if you want me to. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Um, we we just getting to the end of the show, and I didn't want to interrupt. And we're listening. Um, she has a great booklet. It's called What Holocaust, and her husband has a book called God Forsaken. Uh, I'm going to put up the information for... Uh, I would like to give you all the right information. Can I give it to you now? Please. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. First, you, uh, if you want the book or, or a CD, please write to jacobizola at gmail.com. I will sign the book to whoever wants it. And, and the books are two for, for $25 or $15 each, whichever, whatever mm -hmm. you like. And, and then you can go and hear my entire story on myjump.org. It says Forever Goldie. Click on that. Mm. And, and you yeah, will, uh, you, and you will get, you can get a download of my, uh, of my, of my whole story if you want to. Yeah, you're okay. a stronger person than I. You're, you're a stronger person than most. That is yeah. absolutely amazing. Miss um, Jacoby, thank you very, very much for coming on the show. I, it, Your story is heartbreaking and incredible and something I think um, we all need to remember. I have, yeah, another, I have another half an hour to talk about, actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a lot. We'll have to. We'll set up another day to have you on. Thank you so much for sure. joining us. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you. It's not easy. I know. Bye. It, it's it's got to be harder for you to talk about it than us to hear it. My God, guys, thank you for joining I us. Am, I'm I am going to be talking about it until the day I die, because I need people to know to know that 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 anti-Semitism or hatred or of any other hatred is absolutely not it's just not 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 for our for our generation. It cannot happen. It cannot it cannot be. You mm. must stop all prejudice and all all this there is no reason, no reason to hate one another like that. I think that's the perfect way to end the show off. I, I, yeah, well, I have no religious belief. I am not religious. I only believe in kindness. That's my religion. Kindness. Wow. Just be kind. I like that. Okay. okay. We're going to end the show on that note. Guys, thank you for joining us. I'm Summer Helene. We're with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate. Uh, moderate, Mills and moderate Paul Michael Bolland and our very special guest, our Goldie Jacoby. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week. <laughs>